Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome everyone to A Course in Miracles with Miracles One. And this is one of your hosts. This is Rev Deb. And with me as always is Mary and Gail. Rev Gail. So hello, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So, you know, I <laughs> I have to do something funny. because this, this is just really funny. So last time on... A Course of Miracles with Miracles 1. Will Gail, Mary, and Deb find out who is responsible? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> I'm dying to do that. <laughs> you know, they do that on a lot of shows now. Like some of the, uh, well, the Star Trek Discovery and, you know, some, some of the shows that, that I watch. <laughs> like they do that it's just i was thinking about that you know a little while ago and i thought yeah you know it's like and then they play a little clip and <laughs> everything maybe we should do, <laughs> do that each time just to remember what the heck we said because you know to be honest you know once we do it two weeks ago i don't remember what i've done you but know anyway, the, thank you, you all know, for joining us <laughs> you know what the answer to the question is rev deb yeah we all are <laughs> yep 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 and that's what we're finding out. <laughs> that's what we're finding out. So, uh, speaking of responsibilities, so just so you know, this is uh, the second in this series, and what we're looking at is the responsibility for sight. Responsibility for sight. So we are in chapter twenty-one, section two, and we already went over those first two paragraphs pretty uh, extensively last time, and. Um, you know, we shared some personal uh, experiences that we've had and, and that sort of thing. That's about as much as I remember, to be honest. Uh, but we're going to take a little bit more of a look, but, you know, maybe uh, let's kind of open it up to the three of us here and see if there were any other thoughts that we had since the last time we met on this idea of, and I'm just going to read that italicized part. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience and I decide upon the goal I would achieve and everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and I receive as I have asked. So what do you think about that? Well, I certainly had a good lesson on that this time uh, this week. I got the worst chest cold I've had in 30 years. And I, you know, my first reaction was, oh, my God, you know, what am I, what am I doing to myself? Why am I doing this? And then I thought, wait a minute, why, why am I blaming anybody, including myself? Yes, I am responsible for this. I chose to get sick. But I'm not going to blame myself. I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to step back. I'm going to rest and, you know, recoup, recuperate. 
and learn my lesson from this. And actually, it was a very good experience because I've had time to be still and to meditate and to sleep and to just, you know, allow my body to recover. So, yes, I'm responsible for the illness, but I don't need to blame myself or anyone else. And I'm done. Um, that was interesting, Mary. Thank you. Just thinking about what you said. You know, yesterday I had a, a situation um, that just incensed me. And it happened to me last week, which Mary or I heard about in our in our study group that that last Wednesday. And I'm not going to even go into the great details or anything, but it was interesting because I found myself in this. It had to do with my husband and um, our current state of financial affairs, which has been going on seemingly for the last two years, just um, seeming setback one after another. But anyway, robbing Peter to pay Paul, um, so forth. And I, I don't know what happened. I almost feel as though I was having a really good day. And it's almost as though, in fact, I attended Rev Deb's mindful, mindfulness class. So I was on the top of the world. And Bill called me from our, our business. And I just allowed that to catapult me into the deepest, darkest hole. I, I really did. And I took Gracie for a walk and I thought, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, because I'm also studying the manual right now um, with that study group. And we also do the lessons every day. And I was thinking about, well, the lesson that happens to be today is uh, I can escape the world by giving up attack thoughts. Well, I wasn't thinking about that lesson. I was thinking about lesson 22, which was... Um, what I see is a form of vengeance or some, something along that line. I thought, okay, Gail, you clearly have no willingness to see this differently. You are clearly choosing, I am responsible for what I see. And I have to tell you that the first half an hour that I work my say, myself down into this deep pit of blame and feeling sorry for myself, it didn't occur to me that I could get out of it. That's how deeply I work myself up into a state of frenzy and saturation with this situation. And I thought, um, and I started to recite some of the things that I dearly love throughout the course and all that. That was not working because I was listening to the ego voice. So long story short, it took me a half an hour, really, of getting out. It was 55 degrees yesterday in Chicago. And I thought, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I have one fraction of an inch of willingness. to. See. I mean, that's how much, you know, I've kind of laughed at myself when Jesus talks about a little willingness or, or a tiny bit of willingness. And I think, oh, that's hogwash. I've got a lot of willingness. Well, when it comes to being caught off guard, like Mary was with a cold, or I, I was with this, it was a four minute conversation, guys, four minutes, cuatro, cuatro minutes 
wasn't this long, dragged out thing. And I thought, do I want to be free or not? And if I'm responsible for what I see, and I choose the experience, the feelings I experience, and I decide upon the goal I would achieve, which would be going nowhere, but in the ego state of mind, so it perpetuates itself, and everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for. And you know what? Until I get to the point where I'm willing to forgive everything I think I see, and what is the underlying guilt in me that prevents me from continuing to project onto Bill in this situation? It's just one example. Why, at what point will I be on my knees to say, I, I'm, I'm willing to muster a little bit of willingness. Please help me. So that's my example. And it was as recent as yesterday. I'm done. And I got to a better place. That's the good news. I'm done. Well, yeah, that that's the good news. Thank goodness, <laughs> right? It reminds me of that story of the the two monks, and um, the one monk, a woman, asks the monk to carry her across the stream or the river or whatever it was, and he does so. Uh, and the two, you know, she he drops her down at the the shore, and and then the two monks keep walking on their journey, and the fir- the second monk just keeps you know, but you shouldn't have been touching a woman and you should, you know, just going on and on and on. He said, I left the woman back on the other side of the bank or the river or whatever, and you're still carrying her. And that's what that, what you just shared with me. That's what reminded me. Cause when you said four minutes, cuatro, which I cannot do Spanish. I apologize. <laughs> four. I'll do it that way. Um, we carry the conversation you see, and this is part of our problem is that we keep carrying whatever it was, something that happened a split second or uh, like a near accident, maybe, or, you know, a phone conversation for minutes and we keep carrying it with us onward and onward and onward. And when we take this responsibility, well, obviously, yeah, I'm choosing how I'm feeling. If I want to be upset by whatever it is, whatever that may be for you, I'm choosing that. And the goal that I want to achieve, well, obviously it's misery and suffering. That's what I'm choosing. And I'm doing my best to achieve that goal when I do that. Right? I ask for everything that seems to happen to me. I ask for and I receive as I have asked. Well, If that's my goal, well, then I'm receiving exactly what I want my goal to be. But I can change this. This is the, you know, this is the best part is that we can change it. We can change it all the time. Choose once again, right? Jesus tells us that, you know, my brother choose once again. I might have brought that up last week. And when we can say, well, wait a minute, I have the power here. I can change my mind. I'm not a victim of anyone or anything, a phone call, an email, a a sickness, uh, an accident uh, waiting to happen or whatever, whatever it may be. I am not the victim of that. And I believe that's a lesson too, right? I am not the victim of the world I see, right? Unless I decide that's what I want to be. If that becomes my goal, well then, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I can to, uh, achieve that goal, and we're pretty good at it. So now if we could kind of turn it (laughs) the other way and 
like, oh yeah, I'm going to be responsible for my thoughts. I'm going to uh, want peace is my one goal. And I'm going to do whatever I can. If it's going out and taking a walk, if it's taking a mindfulness class, if it's uh, do, practicing my course lessons, whatever I can do, practicing forgiveness, whatever I can do to achieve that goal. Right? And that's what we want to do is we want to achieve the goal. So what goal am I going to achieve? Which teacher am I going to choose to help me to set that goal? That's what we need to see. So after that uh, prayer part, he says, well, deceive yourself no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. Acknowledge that, but that you have been mistaken and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. Right? And they do. And they will. So let's start moving forward on our reading here. So paragraph three, and we are in uh, chapter 21, section two. It is impossible the son of God be merely driven by events outside of him. It is impossible that happenings that come to him were not his choice. The power of decision is the determiner of every situation in which he seems to find himself by chance or accident. No accident nor chance is possible within the universe as God created it, outside of which is nothing. Suffer, and you decided sin was your goal. Be happy, and you gave the power of decision to him who must decide for God for you. This is the little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit, and even this he gives to you to give yourself. For by this gift is given you the power to release your Savior, that he may give salvation unto you. I'm going to read the next paragraph as well. For begrudge not that this little offering withhold it and you keep the world as you now see it. Because now you see it. Give it away and everything you see goes with it. Never was so much given for so little. In the holy instant is this exchange affected and maintained. Here in the world, you do not want brought to the one you do. Wait, let me read that again. Here is the world, sorry, here, here is the world you do not want brought to the one you do. And here the one you do is given you because you want it. Yet for this, the power of your wanting must first be recognized. You must accept its strength and not its weakness. You must perceive that what is strong enough to make a world can let it go and can accept correction if it is willing to see that it was wrong. must have decided wrongly because I am not at peace. <laughs> what do you guys think, gals? What do you gals think? Well, I think for me, the, the most important uh, concept is choice. We have the choice. We can choose whether we're going to suffer or not. And we make those decisions every second of every day. It's not like it just happens once in a while or when you're experiencing some crisis in your life, you know, that you, that you perceive. It happens every day. I, I can choose right now not to be sick. And I do. And, and I can choose other things as well. I can choose, you know, the joy of, of realizing I am a part of God and loving him and being loved by him and loving everyone else in the world. Now, obviously those things don't happen. Well, they can, but they don't usually happen instantaneously, but they do occur. 
and it's all up to me to make the choice. And I, like Gail said, you don't have to have a huge amount of willingness. You can have just a tiny little smidgen of willingness to change your mind about whatever it is that's going on in your life that's causing you pain or fear or anxiety, or whatever it is. Um, so it's, we're, never, we're never helpless, ever. And that's, that is a wonderful and encouraging thought. And I'm done. Great point, Mary. Well, <clears throat> and thank you. In paragraph three on page 448, Rev. Deb read, suffer and you decided sin was your goal. Is that ever top of mind when we're upset? I mean, when I was suffering yesterday, that sure as heck was not top of mind. And I've read this section many times. And then uh, when the last sentence on page 449 of paragraph four, where you said, and can accept correction if it is willing to see that it was wrong. Well, what happened with me, which I know everybody does, is I was immediately stuck in the past, right? I had to be right about my assessment about our financial history over 44 years. And I allowed the ego to point out or extract these little pieces of things I didn't approve of where I felt I was right. And if I had had a voice, it would have been different. That, that's just really where we all go. You know, Rev Deb talks a lot about just the facts. So what was causing me to suffer yesterday and feel enraged was my interpretation. And when I get that, why on earth, and somewhere, somewhere, and I have no idea where it is, it's in the text, I think, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? That is really what it boils down to. And that's exactly what Mary just said. Do we really, when we're in the throes of a very bad cold, poor Mary could barely read the daily lesson for the better part of a week, her voice was totally different. I could not get used to it. It was, who is this person who's reading? But whether you're dealing with something that knocks you for a loop for the first time in 30 years, or in my case, since I've been married forever, occurs pretty regularly because that's my choice. And you know, I have to check, the last thing I want to say before Rev Deb shares her wisdom with us is it is immeasurably and indescribably liberating to have that little tiny, of, tiny bit of willingness that helps me to develop trust that if I step back and let him lead the way, I don't have to suffer and I don't have to decide that sin was my goal. It's not even conscious. I'm done. Oh, I love what you what you both said. Uh, and suffering is um, optional. That, that's our choice if we want to suffer. Um, we can... Um, I'm going to go back to just the facts because you brought that up. And, and actually, it's our next class in late February. And it's always our interpretation. You know, we may uh, be uh, not feeling well or whether it's physically or mentally, 
um, but we don't have to allow that to affect me. You know, I, I know beforehand, Mary was saying, well, you know, she took time to, or before, actually, I think you were saying you took time to rest and do those things that you need to do. And so um, the same thing whenever we have, uh, you know, emotional or mental upset, um, you, you know, you're talking about, you know, all those little things that start to come up, you know, you start grasping at all these witnesses to my goal, you know, to your goal, Gail, is what you were speaking of. And that's what it is. Okay, see here? Yep. Yeah, remember, uh, you know, 1968? Yep, <laughs> there's my witness. 1973, that's my witness. You know, 1982, that's my witness. <laughs> you know, and so on through the decades. And we have those witnesses that are saying, yep, you're right. This is what's going on. I'm the victim. This person has done such and such to me. And there we go. And we choose the suffering. We chose the suffering. But instead, if we withdraw that interpretation of whatever it is, I mean, what's happening now is what's happening now. It's hard to kind of separate all that past from whatever is happening now, whether it's this is the worst cold I've ever had, you know, comparing, because what we're doing is we're comparing, comparing and contrasting what's gone before. And saying, well, I don't want this to happen, or this is how it should be, you know, and we should on ourselves continuously. Should, 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 should. This shouldn't be this way, or shouldn't be this, whatever. We do that too. And we're never in the here and now. That's why I'm bringing more and more mindfulness into what I'm teaching, because I see students do this all the time. And it's also for my own self. You know, everything I teach is to help to heal myself too, you know. (laughs) it's not just everybody else. Right. And it's like, no, staying in the present moment and withdrawing judgment and just being with it. If, can I just sit and be with what is, can I just sit and be with what is, I was telling the ladies beforehand, before we actually uh, went live that I'm in a crossroads with, with the current uh, web design client that I have that I've been working with him for a few years now. And, um, and I'm not sure if I want to continue. And um, there's times that I get anxious. Uh, I can have some anxiety feelings start to come up whenever I have to maybe uh, talk with him about something or, or I see some messages about this whole long list of things. And, um, and it seems like he has ADD and he'll jump from one project to another. And then I kind of have to keep a scorecard as to, okay, well, what project are we on now? Uh, cause he has like, uh, and I'm not kidding, like 25 different sites and not that there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with what he's doing. And yeah, it's my interpretation. So when all this anxiety and such co- seems to come up, I have to kind of be with it and not be afraid and to be open to what the guidance may be. Now, this is where my crossroads is right now, is that I'm not sure if I want to continue. But is that the ego part of me coming in and saying, man, you you don't want to deal with this such and such anymore? Or is it really wisdom coming through that it is time to make a change? I don't know, and I want to be careful with that in that 
And I don't want to blame any anxiety and other feelings that I may have, sometimes anger that comes in that like, well, wait a minute, we were just doing this last project and we never finished this project over here. That's my opinion. It's not how I would do something. Is it really? (laughs) I have to look at that. And so everything that happens in our world, we have to think about, you know, in our personal world. Just because somebody else is not doing something the way that we would do it, does that mean it's wrong? It just means it's different. Now, that's hard to say when we have, you know, a government shutdown that just got averted, you know, now it's, now we're back in business again. Um, and other things, you know, if, if you um, don't like what one particular political party that's taking over our government is doing, we have to look at that right? Because we allow the ego to do the same thing with our mind. Same thing. We think the government's being taken over. Well, guess what? Our minds are being taken over by the ego. We're allowing it. Let me, let me be clear there. We allow it to occur. We have the power. We have the power of peace within us, right? And he says, suffer and you decided sin was your goal. Am I going to continue to suffer? Am I going to keep talking about the lady, the other monk, carried across the shore and still carry it with, you know, three weeks later, right? Whatever that situation. Am I going to keep, um, you know, thinking about what my client is doing again and again and again? Why can't he do that? Why can't he just stay focused? Blah, blah, blah. Why? What does that get me? Does that mean it's going to force him to be focused? No, it's not going to change him. He is who he is. He's a good guy. Actually, I do like the guy, you know. But that's not the point. The point is be happy. And you gave the power of decision to him who must decide for God for you. That's like, well, I want to see this differently. That's why I'm being with it. You know, when those feelings come up like, oh, no, I'm just going to like quit right now. I don't want to deal with this anymore. You know, whatever it may be, right? Because we're talking about sickness and we're talking about relationships and we're talking about all different things. I could do that. But is that really the answer? Because guess what? Lessons are presented once again. We're where we made a faulty choice. We're going to have the opportunity to learn again. Well, I think I want to learn as best as I can. Do I prefer to be right or do I prefer to be happy? Will I stop interpreting every single thing that comes my way? You know, if I'm ill, maybe I do need to take a step back. That happened. The the first mindfulness class of the year I was going to do, I got ill that morning or actually that evening. And and then it kind of lasted and it was a stomach virus. And it was like, okay, well, this is what my stomach's doing right now. And the whole rest of me was doing right now. This is what now is. Now is, you got to set everything else aside, right? Got to set everything else aside and do what's now. What's now is this over here. And, oh, and then the little offering, the little offering, that little willingness that we offer you, you were mentioning that, yeah. Spec, it's all it takes, you know. Can I be with this? It's kind of also how I 
um, think about, you know, can, can I just sit with this? Can I be with this? Can I not run to other things to distract me, right? This is where addictions come in, you know, or other things that we do to try and comfort ourselves. You know, that's why it's called comfort food, right? And I have a mentor that I meet with too, you know, teachers need to meet with people too. And he's actually a former Buddhist monk. And we talked about this in our, in our last um, session. And what is it? Because I, because I said, you know, well, one of the things I want to bring more into my life is mindful eating. You know, it's something that I really want to work on. He says, well, what do you notice about this? I said, well, when I deal with this one client and it's the client that I'm speaking of, I notice I can get really anxious and that I'll go get, find something to snack on. Right. So I'm not being with the feeling. Okay. And so I have to be with that feeling. And he said, he's, he's been dealing with that himself. And he's a, he's a former Buddhist monk and he's dealing with it. It's like we all deal with it on some level. Can I just be with it and sit with it and breathe through it? And then make a healthier choice, whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally. So I think I'll stop there. Yeah, I think uh, the idea of, of, you know, dealing with what is, what's right before you at that moment. That's something that, you know, I know that I used to be a little afraid of trying to be in the present all the time because of some past experiences I'd had. But now I'm beginning to realize, well, where else can I be? I can't be in the past. I can't be in the future. I'm here right now. This is where I am. This is what's occurring in my life right now. I cannot be in another place of in time. And, you know, in a way, it's, it's very freeing because you come to the point where you just say, hmm, okay, this is what's happening right now. And here's, here's the next thing I need to do because of this or whatever. And it's, it becomes less and less of a burden. At least that's what I'm finding as I, as I attempt to be more present and be, you know, in the present moment and no longer, yes, I'm responsible for what I see, but I don't have to blame anybody, including myself. I, all I have to do is just be here now and experience what I'm experiencing and um, it is very liberating it's very freeing to know that this is possible that it's not something you know that only someone who often an ashram or up on a mountaintop can do we can do it right now in the midst of all the things that seem to be occurring in our lives you know Um, no matter how busy we are or where we live or whatever we don't have to go anywhere to do this all we have to do is just be willing and that's what i'm finding in my life as time goes on and i'm very grateful for it and i'm done well thank you both rev deb you covered so much i can't even remember everything you covered um but as you were talking about your client and then mindful eating. I was thinking about my experience yesterday was acute resistance to forgive, 
and to be in the moment. Acute, I was thinking about your story, and then the fact that in in Eastern philosophy, there's so much, there's so many references to rivers or streams, and our fighting desperately against the current and not going with it. And I, I honestly feel like there's such a huge connection in the entire course itself with how much will we trust? Will we trust or not? So as you were talking and Mary was talking to just now, I thought, there's a part of me, which is ego-driven, that wants to be bargaining with God. In other words, if I forgive Bill, or I forgive this situation with anybody, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's seemingly minor or major, consequential or inconsequential, it's what sacrifice am I going to have to make if I forgive the situation? The other thing is, it just occurred to me, is what's the payoff for my feeling the way I do? Well, how, I mean, Rev Deb referenced addictions. Now, obviously, I think we all think in terms of alcohol, cigarettes, uh, eating, gambling, the obvious substance abuses or, or whatever. But what about the addiction to not just being right, but I like the payoff. I like the feeling, the phone, the iPad. Facebook, what can take a myriad of forms. I worry, this is an aside, I don't have any kids, but my three sisters do. And I worry about their kids, and will they end up with no no fingers but the thumbs? I mean, it, are we going to evolve ultimately? Well, cell phones will be a thing of the past, I'm sure. We'll be doing mental telepathy or something. But my point is, how... It's not, the unwillingness translates to resistance because I'm afraid, although I'm already losing peace of mind, right? Everybody, I'm losing peace of mind. That seems less of a price to pay than what I might have to sacrifice in being wrong. And, and if I were to look at this whole financial major hiccup, ugh, over so many years, and it's kind of our history with this entrepreneurship, how would I be? Would I have to be more loving? Would I have to be more kind? Would I have to be more tolerant? Uh, what would Bill ask of me if I were consistently, unconditionally loving? What is he going to demand? What is he going to... I mean, I'm serious... I, I've never really thought about that, but as we're talking, I'm thinking about that. The last thing was, in our in one of our recent programs, you had us read, "What what wolf will you feed?" And that's such a lovely Native American metaphor, or perhaps it's more Eastern in nature. And maybe you want to share that. And I'm done. Oh yeah, that which we feed, that is what we'll have hanging around, right? Think about, I, I, I was looking at grass because I see the, my neighbor behind me. She's uh, filling her bird feeders that hang off her deck. And I'm like, well, if she's feeding <laughs> those birds, they're going to keep coming back. Right? If I put food out, that's what comes. Am I going to feed fear or am I going to feed love? 
and that unwillingness that you were talking about. I just wrote a piece uh, that's on the website called Overthinking. Uh, easy does it. And the overthinking, what we need to remember, and I, at least I think I put this in this piece. Now it could be in my, my new book that I'm working on. I'm not sure about the unwillingness and how it's an aversion to, uh, to the truth. Unwillingness is an aversion to the truth. It, it, it's an unwillingness. We, we don't want to be cognizant of what the truth is. We evade. We do whatever we can to stay away from the truth. That's why we fill ourselves up with distractions, because we don't want to know the truth. Think about silence. And, and um, you know, I've taught about silence in, in the past and where we keep so much noise around us, whether it's a TV, maybe a TV on in the background. I grew up that way. And that's, uh, and that's why I like silence so much is because I grew up with um, a scanner, police scanner going off and a radio upstairs and my mother had a radio downstairs and and it was two different stations and to me it was just so much chaos that that's why at 16 I think is why I really just dove into wanting meditation because I wanted quiet you know (laughs) even when my kids are like I just want peace and quiet in my house you know it's like give mom a break and, and that's how I still feel. You know, like when I'm working away, yeah, I do work, you know, uh, web design work, not only for Miracles One, but as, a, a, as, you know, that's my job, so to speak, too, is that I usually don't have things in the background playing. Occasionally I do, occasionally. But for the most part, it's like I need the quiet for the focus. And so, and what I find is then that distracting, because if I had all kinds of stuff going on, that distracts me too, keeps me from being focused. And so the same thing with when we got get caught up on um, a situation or an experience that's going on in our lives, we become distracted. We, we can't focus in on what we need to do because we're too rattled by whatever it is. But then if we can be with it, right? And that's what we want to feed. We want to feed the peace, So what will we do to maintain that peace? Well, we're not going to interpret it. We're not going to make a judgment of what's going on, right? Be happy, and you gave the power of decision to him. I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to give that little speck of willingness. You know, accept the strength instead of the weakness. We could say this all different ways. It's really... What do I really want and do I really want peace? And do I want that to be the goal that I would achieve? It's our decision. It's always our decision. And what are we going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You're listening to us. Maybe you've been listening to us for a long time. What are are you going to do about it? Right? What are you going to do about it? I might have talked about that on Sunday with the calm awakening. It's like, what are you going to do about it? You know, you can listen to all the teachers in the world and pick up the book and memorize it and know where everything is and espouse upon it and everything. But if you are not practicing this course, 
you are doing yourself a disturbance. Those who are watching me on video, I have the image uh, behind me of our podcast, which says, put the principles, put the, you can't see because I'm in the middle, put the principles into practice. That's what this podcast is about, is putting the principles into practice. That's what it's all about. When we put this into practice, that's how we're going to learn. You can intellectualize all you want about this book. Not going to get you anywhere. All you're doing is training the brain. I think I wrote that in my overthinking piece. All we're doing is training the brain when we do this. That's not what we want to do. We want to train the heart and the holy mind that we have to recognize, having to recognize uh, the miracle that we are, the love that we are. So I think we got two paragraphs in again. Looks like this is going to be a longer series, but that's okay because we'll be back next week <laughs> or next, in two weeks, I should say, with, with the next one. Any last final words, my, my co-hosts here? Well, I just want to say I, I happen to be a great admirer of wolves. So I will feed the wolf of love, not the wolf of fear. I'm done. There you go. <laughs> I love what you just said. Hey, Mary, thank you very much, because I think I want to feed the same wolf that you do. We can share the wolf. Um, but I love what you just said. It was really uh, very profound and deeply meaningful. It really is a loving urging to practice and I, I encourage anyone who's listening or listens to this in the seeming future, uh, read her article. It is, uh, perhaps it's not available uh, to, to everyone. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I have to say, uh, as one who over-intellectualized the course and um, who was proud of the fact that I could pretty much reference certain text passages and so forth, I've realized the hard way that that did not bring peace of mind. So I strongly urge those who are new to the path to listen to Rev Deb and um, just practice as best you can. But thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this podcast. It really is a, a privilege. And I'm done. Yes, the article is Overthinking. Take it easy. It is on uh, the Miracles One website. Uh, uh, our blog uh, right now it's on the front page uh, but once things start <laughs> there's only three blogs at a time like on the front page otherwise you just have to go to the blog itself but yeah it, it's a piece that um, that came to me after meditation uh, actually yesterday uh, which was Monday and it really uh, really puts a lot of things into perspective uh, and I think it came out of Sundays as well, too, because in the sense that we're so distracted by everything else in our lives instead of where we need to be. And the course can become a distraction itself. Uh, as I said on Sunday, Sunday's um, talk was Calm Awakening. If you want to look that up on YouTube or Facebook, it's on both or audio on, on the podca you know, podcast link. Um, we, um, we need to practice. Don't be swayed 
um, any other way. Forget this world, forget this course, Lesson 189, and come with holy open hands into your God. That's it. Oh, I think I said in the article yesterday, you're not taking the course book with you to heaven. <laughs> right? It stays behind. It's No matter how much you think it's going with you, it's staying behind. Right? Take the essence of it with you. You don't have to win anyone to the course, right? We don't have to evangelize. We evangelize only by our demonstration, right? If we're treating people with love and kindness and happiness and understanding, that's how, that's how you let people know who you are and what you're about. That's what's important. So the website is www.miraclesone.org, and uh, we have tons of resources for you to access freely. Uh, please do so. Take advantage of what we have to offer. We're here for you. And I thank you so much for being with us. And as always, I wish you peace, love, joy, kindness. Namaste. Have a great day, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.